This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, February 1st, brought to you by Robo AgriFinance. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Farm worker drought pay returns and does corporate climate bill. FDA unveils overhaul. Hurtado revives farm worker drought pay. Senator Melissa Hurtado Bakersfield has reintroduced a measure offering supplemental pay to farm workers who have lost income due to drought. Her bill last year initially proposed to pay agriculture workers $1,000 a month for three years. That provision, though, fell by the wayside to pass through an appropriation committee. Governor Newsom then vetoed the bill. He noted that the state invested $35 million for a separate five-year pilot program experimenting with guaranteed income. SB 1066 drew concerns over adding new costs to the state amid an economic downturn. Ag braces for a return of corporate climate bill. Democratic lawmakers are reviving efforts to create more corporate accountability for climate change. Among those, SB 253 would require companies worth more than a billion dollars in annual revenues to report their greenhouse gas emissions. According to Senator Scott Weiner of San Francisco, his bill gives large corporations two options, disclosure emissions publicly or stop doing business in California. Every subsidiary and producer in the supply chain, including farmers, would have to report their scope three emissions as well. This prompted agricultural groups to oppose the measure last year, and moderate Democrats blocked it from passing the assembly floor. FDA to establish human foods program. FDA Commissioner Robert Califf is proposing a major reorganization of his agency centered around creation of a new human foods program. The plan unifies key focus areas, removes redundancies, and consolidates activities under the leadership of a new Deputy Commissioner of Foods. He says a national search is underway for the Deputy Commissioner, who will have, quote, clear decision-making authority and oversight of priorities to ensure a safe and efficient food supply. The reaction? Well, industry and consumer groups welcome the announcement as a good first step to act on needed changes called for in a recent report detailing the organizational and cultural challenges that limit FDA's ability to effectively protect the U.S. food supply. However, the groups are looking for further details on how the deputy commissioner will function and the new organizational flow of different divisions at FDA. There's also concern in some quarters about what was left out of the plan, including the Center for Veterinary Medicine. By the way, FDA Principal Deputy Commissioner Janet Woodcock will spearhead the Implementation and Change Management Group overseeing how the final changes will be made. You can read our full report on the FDA plan at agripulse.com. We'll have more Agripulse Daybreak West next. When you work with Robo AgriFinance, you get the global knowledge and financial strength of one of the world's largest and most innovative food and ag lenders, tools essential to realizing your aspirations. Discover how an unmatched network of local and sector experts can help you confront agriculture's challenges and seize the opportunities that lie ahead. Learn more and contact us at www.roboag.com. Creating value, connecting vision, 
Robble AgriFinance. Good morning and welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak West. USDA memo. Staffing issues partly behind drop in foreign reporting penalties. An internal agriculture department memo says staffing shortages were part of the reason the agency did not assess any penalties for failure to disclose foreign purchases of U.S. farmland between 2015 and 2018. The memo, drafted by Farm Production and Conservation Division Deputy Undersecretary Gloria Montano-Green, also said the program was under the leadership of a new manager at the time. The document, obtained by AgriPulse through a Freedom of Information Act request, said that more staff had been hired and penalties have resumed. Green relayed the information to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack's office sometime in October or November after being asked for background on the Agriculture Forward Investment Disclosure Act and the agency's policy around foreign acquisition of farmland. The memo mentions a letter sent by more than 100 House Republicans to the Government Accountability Office in October asking for a study on the topic. Now take note, the document also says the penalties assessed quote, have been low since the beginning of the program at the direction of the Secretary's office in the early 1980s. While fees for filing late can reach up to 25% of the fair value of the land, most are around 1% of the land's value, the memo said. Grassley sees growing concern about Chinese investment. Iowa GOP Senator Charles Grassley, who helped to pass the existing foreign farmland reporting requirements in the 70s, says lawmakers are hearing increased concerns about Chinese acquisition of farmland. He said, quote, Iowans raised this issue with me at my town meetings, foreign ownership competing with family farmers. And by the way, Grassley also reintroducing legislation that would add USDA to the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFAS. A second bill he's pushing would bar farm credit entities from lending money to foreign purchases of U.S. farmland. Now, for a look at the new House Select Committee on China and how it could put some focus on ag land acquisitions, read our weekly AgriPulse newsletter. We also look at the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee's focus on health equity. Dairy Group lauds new U.S. dispute with Canada. Groups representing the U.S. dairy industry are out in strong support of the Biden administration's decision to call for a second dispute resolution panel under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement over claims that Canada is unfairly manipulating its dairy import quotas. International Dairy Foods Association President and CEO Michael Dyke said the group is, quote, very grateful to U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai for moving forward with this enforcement action against Canada, the resolution of which is critically important uh, as a matter for the U.S. dairy producers and for processors in the U.S. Despite losing a previous dispute ruling, Canada is preventing retailers and food service operations there from accessing tariff rate quotas and buying U.S. dairy goods, that according to the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative. Canada's TRQ allocation system is not only a violation of USMCA, it directly harms American dairy farmers, processors, and other workers by unfairly restricting access to their market, according to Jim Mulhern. He's president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation. 
You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Here's today's She Said It. We still face many challenges in our nation's energy and water supplies. That Senator Dianne Feinstein, upon her appointment to chair the Appropriations Subcommittee on Energy and Water Development. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, February 1st, brought to you by Robo AgriFinance. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.